the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Life I'm so glad to be with you in your home. In your this sound into your presence and into, into your skull. I want to again, again, welcome you to our Monday edition of Lifeline. Cloudy, overcast, but um, we're moving forward. And uh, we're taking it one day at a time. It's February 8th, 2021. A few days from uh, the lauded uh, Valentine's Day for most people. Uh, I think it's a wonderful day. A lot of people argue about its paganism, uh, notwithstanding. In a world like we have right now, uh, nothing is more needed than a solid uh, basis for loving one another and walking in substantial principles of friendship because our society is so fractured, so disordered, so um, out of kilter, so backwards in so many ways. You do know what I'm talking about. And uh, we can talk about some of that as well. Uh, it's, it's impossible to be uh, super confident about going forward without being honest about the elephants in the room and the uh, the troubles in our in our our social structure, in our political structure, in our domestic world, in our economic structure. I'll talk about some of that as I revisit with you why we are already, <clears throat> if you will, in a reset, as the economists have said, and as many many of the uh, political philosophers are are urging you to recognize that while we speak, there are substantial, tangible changes going on in our world. And, and we won't wake up. We just won't wake up tomorrow or the next day or a month from now and things be like what we would call normal. That's not going to be the case. So you and I either succumb to the uh, changes that have taken place around us without our permission and uh, and find yourself uh, the subjects of an agenda that have been, uh, you know, in the works for many, many years and are working themselves out remarkably and strategically uh, as planned and, uh, and, and going forward with other plans as well. I will say, however, I am a little bit uh, giddy and thankful and, and happy. I haven't watched any sports over the last year, the uh, pandemic and all of its, uh, I guess, flood of information, data, the different areas in which our nation was assaulted by different things politically, socially, philosophically, uh, spiritually, no doubt. Uh, those were the fronts that I've been fighting. If you've been keeping up with me any period of time, I've been really inclined to want to just make sure that I don't get off the wall and begin to engage in <clears throat> frivolities that I think are luxuries for us when... Um, 
when we have done our duty. I'm called to be a watchman. That's just the way it is for the preacher who is obedient to God's word. And there are a lot of things to warn us about getting still. But I took a brief break yesterday because I was absolutely curious as to what it would look like to watch an NFL championship uh, under the uh, the COVID uh, conditions. And it was the Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was uh, I was surprisingly uh, entertained, if you will, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just gave Kansas City a good old tail whipping, a good old butt whipping. I mean, one of the kind of uh, uh, lesson learning disciplines at the height of the football game, at the echelon of the uh, uh, the game of football. Nowhere is it even is it more visible around the world than the NFL championship. And right there at that moment, the young man. Mahone, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, had to be summarily disciplined, uh, uh, handled, uh, shut down, if you will, and his team throughout the course of the whole game by the veteran, by the sage, uh, if you will, Tom Brady himself, who had an outstanding offensive line and a fabulous defense that basically just shut down uh, as you guys know, Kansas City, and he and his boy Cronk, the tight end, uh, just just went back to the glory days, uh, dropping over the uh, secondary and uh, keeping it moving and scoring touchdowns and field goals. It was one of those games that if you like football, and I do, I don't love it. It's not an idol for me, but I absolutely enjoy the game when it's done at what I consider high intelligence level. I mean, high into it's OK to be a good athlete. Enjoy that. Been doing sports all my life. <clears throat> but the difference between elite sports and your common sports is intelligence. And uh, you just saw what was the logic of a defense that was relentless shutting down Tampa, uh, shutting down the Kansas City Chiefs. So Tom Brady goes on off into history. Uh, uh, everybody assuming that he'll be back next year in his middle 40s and uh, what a uh, what a, a legacy and what a uh, tremendous uh, opportunity for, for men and women in sports to be able to play at high levels even up in their late 30s and 40s should their health allow it and should Providence also allow it. So the game was good. Enjoyed it thoroughly, 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 thoroughly. I do want to say uh, to all of you ladies out there, we will be huddling up this Saturday uh, in a real substantial way as well with our Daughters of Grace on this um, Saturday, February uh, 13th to just enjoy uh, being together and uh, encouraging one another and, uh, and, and speaking to you. I have a message from God for you, speaking to you concerning faith over fear, faith over fear. We want to unpack some of the principles of scripture as to the character and calling and commitment of the women of God in times of darkness, in times of difficulty, in times of trouble. And uh, we want to encourage you to come out and uh, be part of a uh, time of encouragement, strengthening and celebration, encouraging our sisters to continue seeking him, strengthening our sisters to continue serving him and celebrating our sisters 
as they continue standing in him, seeking him, serving him, and standing in him. And ladies, you should know that uh, today, uh, in this generation, at this time, your very identity is under absolute seizure and assault and attack. And if you know that, say amen. And if you know that, you know, give me a, a shout out, give me a call, uh, help me to understand how urgent it is in your mind as to how you are going to go about affirming the Imago Day and you and all your other sisters as well. What will you be doing for the year 2021 in relationship to your sisterly needs? Because there are many out there doing statistics, looking at uh, different uh, analysis, uh, evaluations concerning the challenges of our women today. And it's remarkable what we are looking at. And we're going to be talking about a number of that, uh, th those kinds of things as well on Saturday uh, in terms of the emotional challenges, psychological challenges, in terms of uh, uh, you being attacked on the level of your worldview. We want to actually make sure that you understand your role, older women, uh, of not being passive when it comes to the downline, when it comes to the daughters of grace, the daughters of faith, that <clears throat> you really don't have the luxury to make this season all about yourself. You really don't. I, I remember hearing one young daughter of the grace saying concerning their need for guidance during these very, very dark times that they were looking for the upline and couldn't find them, just couldn't find it. I, I can tell you, I got a minute or so to go before I go to break. I remember back in 1995, if you will, 96, when we first started Grace Bible Church in uh, in uh, San Leandro, <clears throat> San Leandro, California here. And we were a small group of people, 35 people or so. And one of the things that became evident as I was called to, uh, uh, you know, start that congregation was the lack of visible and and strategic and committed female leadership for females. Because, of course, you know, a biblically minded man and woman does not, if you will, cross dress or cross gender authorities and roles and positions biblically. We just don't even tolerate it for a moment. So what I'm talking about is how urgent it was back in 1995 and 96 for women to stand up and to seek Christ, serve Christ, and stand in Christ as they built their sisterhood up in a biblical way, <clears throat> excuse me again, in a biblical way of, um, of being able to be all that God has called them to be as females, as women, as daughters of God. If it was urgent then, how much more so is it urgent today? And don't let me start on social media uh, permeating their brains with so much distortion and error and falsehood and delusions about what a woman should be. Talk about where are the feminists today protecting women from the absolute debauchery of misogyny or, if you will, just overt uh, abuse and uh, misrepresentation of their persons and bodies. The Internet, social media is just running over with hordes of, uh, of dark images 
of uh, of uh, mistreatment of our daughters and our women. And as a consequence, you do know this. this is one of the things we're praying for radically every Tuesday. Our daughters don't know themselves. Our women have given themselves up in the kind of uh, desperate, desperate, desperate seeking of attention and needing uh, attention and affirmation, largely from the male species. But they're they're so desperate today, they'll take it from anyone. And when they don't get what they need, they find themselves on the brink of mental, mental breakdowns, even to the point of suicide. This is epidemic across the world because of the very medium that's being used today to want to stop the truth of the gospel. All right, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gestan. The number is one 367 Sorry, 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. The lines are open. Whatever you want to talk about, worthy of discussion. That is, let's do it on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Got a lot more to say, and I'll be back after this break, and we'll continue our dialogue. And we're back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 367 Three lines open, one 367 If you have a topic, a question, a concern about where we are today um, or a theological query, I'd love to answer that, or a social or personal challenge in your own life, I'd love to uh, answer that as well, just to engage you while we have the freedom to do it. Uh, so before I go to the phone lines, let me share something with you. We have gone through a storm as a world, but certainly as a nation. And may I say this uniquely as Californians, and I, I parse California because I began to do some research and look at all the states in the union here in America. Uh, and to see, was there any real uniformity of uh, uh, shutdown mandate um, and measures employed across the state, across the nation, as uh, are resembling uh, what we have going on in California? And you know, to my surprise, the answer is no. There were three kinds of instructions given to all the states. One was a mandate to shut down and shut down until the government says you could uh, do otherwise. And we experienced that. And New York and New Jersey and a few other states experienced that. Most other states gave a recommendation to, uh, to social distance and to wear masks and to shelter in place if you discovered that you had the virus. Okay, and then the symptoms being what is called COVID, two different things, although they're they're correlated. All right. So if you look at a map of the states, United States, you will discover that only a few states went through this draconian overreach of smothering the whole of the state with a mandate to stay home, stay in your house, stay in your room, stay in your bathrooms. Wear your mask when you're having intimacy with your wife. No, no, no kidding. This is the way that Gavin Newsom was talking. And when you look at the statistics that are out now after a year, there was no substantial difference between the states that were loosely open where they gave the people the right to exercise their own senses and determination as to how they would shelter, how they would uh, 
distance themselves and how they would engage with masks or without masks. And ladies and gentlemen, I have heard more times than I can count now talking with people who have left California, going to different states, whether it's uh, Arizona or whether it's some other state, uh, and, and saw how, how radically and enormously different the conditions were, the atmosphere, uh, the freedom, the freedoms were of the people in those different states, which means a lot in terms of the mental, emotional, psychological uh, distress and duress under which they were not compared to people in California. And on top of that, in addition to that, the absolute devastation of income that has taken place in California and other states where they have shut down the jobs, all strategically done. A lot of this was planned way before 2016. It was modeled in 2010. We know it. And even Mr. Bill Gates, one of the nefarious persons behind a lot of this has plainly openly ad admitted it because there have been forums and, and meetings with people in power who were anticipating a pandemic, anticipating an outbreak of the virus and how it would be the precipice or the precursor to changing our world. And that's where we are in our present scenario. And I say this to say that we're kind of in a lull now because of the conflation of politics that has just ended with the Trump administration and this kind of lull right now in terms of the the uh, frontline warriors, whether they are on the left or the right, that is to say Antifa and Black Lives Matter versus um, the Trump supporters and uh, Proud Boys and a few others, they've all kind of receded uh, waiting on their instructions before they continue uh, mass manipulation of society, because that's how that works. Anybody that's doing the research would recognize that. I am stating this, stating this to you right now, that you really do not want to go to sleep. This is not the time to go to sleep, because things are not going to automatically get better. They just are not. I know we all hope that they would. We all hope that what would um, uh, amount to, let's say, a, um, a, a, a full vaccine salvation recovery process as uh, the, uh, the powers that be would uh, portend will occur. Well, we're already discovering massive, massive, massive problems in the, uh, the, uh, the de delivery system of the vaccines. We already know that. We see this across the nation. We see it not only in the inability of the major companies, Pfizer, uh, Moderna, uh, and Exerzina, and as well as others, uh, other companies not being able to actually deliver on their promises, which is a problem in itself in terms of uh, the nature of the vaccines and therefore their effectiveness. But also, if you look at the, the, uh, the information that's out there, and you won't hear this in major media, a lot of people are reluctant to engage in taking the vaccines. Lots of people. Uh, they're thinking things through. And this is the danger against the system when we have time to think it through. That is to say, we are in a lull right now. And you know what people are doing? They're looking around. And while we know that a few people have died, and you're going to hear this forever, 450 million people died from COVID. That's the way the media is going to paint it and has. And anything else that departs from that number is going to be called misinformation 
and you are summarily open to censorship and being wiped off the planet. And I'll talk about that in a moment as to why these kinds of oppressive threats are there. This is part of the reset. This is socialism. You can go back to the French Revolution. All this terminology is the same. And whenever a socialist Marxist system takes over, one of the things it has to do is eradicate history and shut down the truth. That means it has to shut down people's ability to have a free market dialogue about what's going on, to be able to reach back into history in order for us to learn why we are where we are and where we're going. And this is why you see all over our nation desires to change our school books, desires to change our history, get rid of all of the old Star Wars, get rid of all of the images, icons, idols. They're talking about changing all of the schools' names in San Francisco. Uh, and getting rid of anything that would smack of what they consider that great demon of racism that fundamentally uh, abused uh, colored people up to this very second. Uh, this is all so easily understandable if you knew history as to where we are. The lull that you and I are in right now requires you to stay awake. Do not go to sleep. That's what they want you to do. They want you to not read your Bible. They want you to not be led by the Spirit of God. They want you to not listen to sound teaching, sound doctrine. They want you to cower in fear and shrivel in your faith, shrivel in your faith. So like a plant, you just stay in your little pot. Don't see any sunlight at all. Don't receive any water, no nourishment. Do not become people of faith. In fact, today, to be people of faith, is to be people of misinformation. It is a, a heresy in terms of the new religion uh, today of postmodernism, and you will be, again, removed. I heard an excellent message by Mr. John MacArthur. I recommend that you listen to it yesterday. It's called The Kingdom of Light versus The Kingdom of Darkness, and he expanded fully on where we are today, and he used one of the members in his own congregation who came up out of this rabid, rabid socialist Marxist system from Russia, and uh, the family is looking at the same thing happening, same methodologies, same technologies occurring in our own country today. The people that have come in from these different countries, they know what's going on. It's the people here in America that does not understand what's going on. I'm going to take a break, but I do want to talk to you about what I see happening in the reset. And this has about seven or eight subject matters that I'll get across over the course of the hour. I do have two lines open, one 367 one The simple believe anything that's said, but the prudent person looks well to his going. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And we're back. The time is 5.36 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me clear the lines before I go back. I want to make sure today I talk to you about what I think is important for you to do in preparation for the next wave that's coming, because there is a wave of, uh, uh, of a weather system coming, not a literal one, not one of rain or of storms, but another uh, planned uh, epidemic, as, uh, as Bill Gates has stated to public uh, public news. He, this is not some kind of bizarre angle on the internet or YouTube. This is him uh, stating very explicitly and clearly to uh, MSNBC 
that he expects another uh, um, even more serious um, virus to uh, attack uh, the world uh, not in the not too distant future. And his concern is that um, if we don't learn the lessons now and if we don't get vaxxed up now, um, you know, which is a contradiction because you can't have a vaccine as if you don't already have the virus and know what that virus is. But that, you know, the largely the thing is, is that if our if our world doesn't comply with what's going on right now in terms of getting the present vaccine, then we're going to be more susceptible to uh, to massive devastation the next time around. And I just thought how uncanny that is to be able to anticipate years beforehand and strategize and then have a, a plan to, to, if you will, fix it. Well, we got to see if this one will get fixed first because um, it, it would be tragic to follow through and think about how powerful persons have the ability within the uh, biological world to uh, produce and affect viruses that can uh, that can kill us. That's that's not that's not uh, that's again that's not conspiracy theory. Thousands of labs deal in new technology uh, uh, biotherapy. Uh, just thousands all over the world, uh, particularly in countries that want to have an advantage in terms of warfare. And we're always living on the brink of some kind of destabilization along those lines. So uh, don't don't think that we're talking, uh, you know, a late great planet Earth here. We've already experienced multiple plagues enough for us to look back historically and understand that we have been liable to these situations uh, from the beginning. And what I love about the word of God, the Bible, is that the word of God doesn't even mix any bones about plagues. It's full of the term plagues. It's full of it. And God says he sovereignly allows and determines and guides these things in order to bring about awakenings and, and clarifications of behavior patterns when men and women are functioning uh, apart from the wisdom of God. This is so absolutely true. I've taught for a year now in the book of the apocalypse that this is a critical terminology that God uses in the book of the apocalypse, the plagues that are written therein, the plagues that he pours out upon the nation, the plagues, the locusts uh, that, that are symbolic of eating up human beings as grass uh, because of a breaking of the boundaries and uh, a, a rebellion against God's law. Uh, and mandates. And this is exactly where we are today. America is very much like national Israel was, who perpetually rebelled against God and broke his laws. And after a while, the Lord just simply gave them up to the destruction of their own society by countries without that penetrated into the body politic of Israel and then ultimately took over Israel. And I would assert to you that that is what we are facing at the present time. We don't want to accept it, but we have been infiltrated for decades and we are working. Uh, we are realizing now the loss of a real gate community in terms of our politicians and leadership uh, who have uh, who have betrayed our country on a, on a bunch of levels. And here we are, poor citizens on the ground, uh, being entertained to death by uh, secularism, materialism, and, uh, and, and entertainment, if you will, while all along uh, we are crumbling at our foundation, crumbling at our foundation. And again, I'm telling you, because the storm is coming, and I am called to warn us, I will tell you to get prepared in all of the instinctive ways that you can, economically, uh, health-wise, food-wise, 
relationship wise, I'll be much more particular before the show is out on that level. Because when things get really, really difficult, this where this one here was mild for many of us. It was mild. Uh, this particular SARS. Uh, 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 two is mild compared to what could occur and the ultimate millions that could die, as was the case back in the um, uh, bubonic plague, the black plague that wiped out so many people and many, many uh, plagues beforehand. So we are dealing with some things that are mild, but also just the potential is absolutely uh, astronomical. And we, we really do need to be wise about how we would approach this uh listening to the science, I put that in quotes, listening to our government, I put that in quotes, but listening to God, I don't put that in quotes. I put that in big bold letters, listening to the God that made us and has warned us. I think about how accurate the Bible is concerning these last and dark and evil days. Very problematic. Let me go to line number one and talk with Dan in Sonoma. Dan, how are you and what is your question for us today? Thank you. Fine. Um, I want to preface this by saying I want to, do not want to contribute to anger or judge self-righteously and hypocritically. But I just have a question. Um, having looked at these books, ones by Isu Andrews and uh, other books by Francine Rivers, like the uh, Lineage of Grace book that she wrote, which was several novellas about different women in the Bible, but Authors have to use their imagination when they not write this type of book. And I wonder how books like that affect women and their views of themselves when they read about Bathsheba in a novel or they read about uh, Ruth and, uh, for example, uh, Rahab and uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, which are all profiled in, in Lineage of Grace. Or, or if they read The Legacy of Isaiah by... Issue Andrews. And then I have something else I can slip in afterward if you want me to. Well, here's what I would say about any artistic writing. They always use artistic license. That means that uh, they have to embellish it for entertainment purposes. And, and, and we get that. That is what we all do. It's the two sides of the delivery system. The one side is called science. You know, you do your material research, you collate your information and data, and you structure it in a genre that you are trying to uh, present to people, and then you you enhance it with with nuances that are artistic in order to add some flavor to it. You do that with preaching, teaching, writing books, uh, music, everything. We do that. That's okay. Art and science. God does that if we see his word right. What we always have to do with whatever we are reading, Dan, whatever we are reading, we have to have a discernment mechanism, a system of discernment to know where that person is coming from epistemologically. What is their epistemological framework? What is their worldview? And then what is their aim relative to this mode of delivery, this message, this ministry, this art that they are employing? And if you have a good handle on uh, different philosophical worldviews, if you have a good handle on 
the nomenclature of those different philosophical worldviews, because most people tell on themselves by the nomenclature of whatever ideology they operate out of, such as a, a, a biblicist. I'm a presuppositionalist, like everyone knows, and so you're going to hear me using a lot of scripture. I don't quote a lot of men because the highest authority in the universe for me is the word of the living God, and therefore I largely quote scripture because I believe in the uh, the authority and, and the efficacy and sufficiency of scripture to communicate truth radically. And so people will be able to clearly see what kind of epistemological framework I operate out of. If I find that that individual, let's say, is a feminist, and I know that what she's doing is playing up um, uh, feminine qualities at a level that is egalitarian and challenging uh, the importance of the distinction between male and females, both in terms of roles as well as characteristics, then I know that sh her fundamental premise is anti-Christ, anti-biblical, and while they say they're pro-women, what I'm able to say today, after many decades of watching uh, the feminist uh, argue hypocritically against the male species that feminism hates women too. How do we know that? A good segment of them are absolutely silent on what's happening now in the transgender movement. They don't have a sound, coherent theology or epistemology to argue vigorously for the distinction between a true organic female species and the facsimile of a man trying to be a woman. And the battle there is going to heat up. Mr. Joe Biden, who is the president, is an absolute advocate of this Equality Act, which is an, an abominable position for our leadership to hold. But notwithstanding, here he is, as uh, John MacArthur so eloquently said it, uh, God has given us what we want. And this is where we are, and it's going to be a big battle going forward, the debate between reality and falsehood. And right now, it is the law that if you communicate reality, according to God, it is viewed as misinformation worthy of extermination off the planet. So I just wanted to say that as an aside. Um, I'm going to take a break, pay some bills. When I come back, I'll finish your uh, second question, Dan, and then we'll take Mark from San Jose as we close out this first segment of Lifeline. Lex, we hear you. Lynn, we hear you as well. Just hold on. We'll try to help uh, you also uh, answer your questions or observations on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And we are back. Dan, what was your other question that you uh, were intending to, to pose? Oh, you did. Okay, good. Let's go to line number three and talk with Mark in San Jose. Mark on line number three. Yes. Uh, You're out there on the road. I'm walking down the sidewalk here. Um, I... Uh, highly recommend a book by Arthur W. Pink, who studied the Bible 12 hours a day, called The Sovereignty of God, and start on Chapter 5 when you get that, that was book. One, that was one of the books I cut my teeth on when I was a young man. Uh, the Sovereignty of God by Arthur Pink was one of the earliest books I read when I began my theological uh, studies. Uh, excellent. Excellent book. Oh. And he was somewhat prescient because uh, uh, Dr. Pink saw the downgrade 
controversy that that Spurgeon so uh, vividly warned about. Of course, Pink was later, but talking about the uh, the apostasy and the uh, deterioration in in Europe and in America, he he clearly saw a departure from a biblical worldview that understood God is absolutely and totally uh, unequivocally sovereign, not only in his uh, essence and nature ontology, but in his creative handiwork uh, and sustenance of the creation, as well as the redemption of his people, whom God chose in Christ before the foundation of the world, redeemed and will keep all the way to glory. That gospel, as you know, Mark, of the sovereignty of God in the salvation of his elect uh, uh, has been uh, marred, it has been compromised and distorted uh, in America uh, largely for some 100 plus years. It had a little bit of a uh, recovery uh, somewhat over the last three or four decades. I've watched it, but uh, with the uh, imposition of postmodern irrationality dominating our seminaries with liberalism and basically destroying a, a biblical worldview while pretending to be holy, it has uh, it would summarily reject Pink as any kind of authority today simply because Pink was relentless in exposing uh, the, uh, the little God, the, the peon God of what he called man-centered humanistic philosophy and religion. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. Well, uh, what he was bringing out on Chapter 5, The Sovereignty of God by Arthur Pink, was that, you know, in the case of Pharaoh, who was the non-elect, and in the case of uh, Moses, which was the elect, the, even though they're greater than ordinary non-elect and ordinary elect, they're still exactly like him. And so if he if he foreknew them, then he, he foreknows every, everyone and everything. That's just a small example of one of the reprobates, Pharaoh, and and one of the elect, which is Moses. In other words, God is like we we are like Moses. I mean, God knows every detail of everything that's going to happen. Um, you know, everywhere. I mean, you got to get that book. And also, also, real quick, this is Black History Month. Fifty years in the Church of Rome by Charles Chinnicky, who is Abraham Lincoln's best. Friends, you've got to read that book too. That's a very, very powerful book. I know you. I know you're talking. You're talking to our audience because you know I already have both books. So I, I you know, I, I, I commend you. I commend you for being, uh, for being stirred up by both of those men. Uh, thank you for the call. Let me go to line number. I'm gonna go to line number four. See if I can get Lex and Lynn in. Line number four, Lex in the Bay Area. Are you there? Yes, sir. You hear me? Yes, I can. What's your question, comment, or observation, young man? Perfect, perfect. Uh, so, Pastor, I'm, you know, I'm curious, because um, every time I, I hear about, you know, all the, the vaccine talk, you know, I always, uh, I like to ask people questions, you know, to kind of challenge them. So, you know, my questions are things like, uh, you know, what is what does the normal look like? say if uh, everybody goes and gets their vaccine tomorrow, um, you know, what? at what point can we stop wearing masks? Right. You know, at what point is it safe? And yep. what does safe mean? Right. <laughs> or what would better look like? 
Yeah. What what would worse look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and nobody seems to have the answer. And I mean, these are people that are adamant about, you know, you got to take the vaccine, you know, you got to, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I, I thought that these were simple questions, you know, that could be answered in an, you know, an educated manner. Uh, you know, we all take the vaccine tomorrow. Um, everybody can go back to work. We can reopen businesses and we can be back um, to normal. Um, but that's just not the case. And you won't find that uh, narrative anywhere um, out in mainstream media. So um, I can't really figure out how people, you know, everybody's math who who are advocates for the vaccine, because, you know, I'm not great at math. I'm, it was actually my worst subject. Um, but if someone told me that a vaccine, which, by the way, for everybody who's listening, um, this vaccine that they keep calling vaccine is just an experimental uh, kind of a pathogen. Um, and, and key word there is experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you want to do before you, before you don't don't go into the weeds, young man, don't go into the weeds. <laughs> OK, I'm going to let you clean it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but I only got a few minutes. So here's the thing. Oh, OK. You, yeah, here's the thing that you are stating that is really worth the common people, com- us common folks, uh, uh, considering. Uh, or is the vaccine that is uh, coming, right? You're right about the technical uh, terminology. We don't actually have a vaccine until it proves itself to be a vaccine. Even uh, uh, high-tech uh, bioengineers have affirmed that with me. I just had a conversation with one in our church a couple of days ago, and he was because that's what he deals with, a new technology uh, uh, biotherapy. And so this is right up his alley. Uh, and so he said, yes, you know, this is new and it's, it's being worked out. Uh, so we are in what is called experimental mode and, and people do need to know that. They don't know that. Uh, but there's some argumentations on the definition of vaccine and what it does. You are absolutely right. It was never touted. Fauci didn't tout it, even though he's back and forth with a bunch of crazy things he said. And and Bill Gates hasn't uh, touted it either. It's just assumed by people that if you take the vaccine, you can get back to normal. But what people don't realize, Lex, is that normal by the elite is different than normal for the common people on the ground. It is never Mm -hmm. designed to be normal like normal has been. That is not the goal. And And in fact, once everyone is conditioned to take the vaccine, they will be conditioned to continue to take it, and it will be more complex the next time than it is this first time, simply because the vaccine will become uh, a gateway or what might be better called a kind of uh, driver into holistic control over the persons on the planet relative to uh, uh, tracking and keeping up with your health and being able to know whether or not you are vaccine summarily every year or twice a year or three times a year and and all of the stuff that we have all been warned about and worried about relative to uh, the analogy of the mark of the beast number of his name you can't buy or sell you can't go here you can't go there you can't do this uh, people don't really want to have that conversation because we're not made to be controlled as human beings. God made us free people. So as much as we want to be safe, 
Uh, and that's what we want. And this is the tension. I said this in the beginning of my preaching and teaching on this whole social justice thing a year ago. I choose freedom. And because I choose freedom, I believe in the context of freedom, we have to have vigorous, healthy, open public debate as to determining what facts are as opposed to simply what's being said on one side or the other. I'd rather have the debates and learn than to be shut down and told what to accept uh, in a society where the powers that be can do that because they want to reset the world in a different direction. And what people are not willing to acknowledge is that that is exactly what is uh, on the uh, table for humanity, a complete marshalling into a paradigm of existence that fundamentally says, if you don't buy our narrative, if you don't uh, submit to the mark, if you don't uh, bow down to the agenda, then you're going to be viewed by everybody as unclean. You're going to be like a leper and we're going to have to colonize you because you are not embracing the uh, pseudo-religious uh, new religion of health. And, and, and they anticipate lots of people doing that. And this is why it's coming down with so much authoritative power that if you don't submit, uh, your life will be basically quarantined. Uh, and there's so much more that can be said about it. But people don't want to have that conversation. Uh, Gates and Fauci and others have said this vaccine doesn't stop you from getting the virus, this experimental vaccine, doesn't stop you from getting the virus. It doesn't stop you from communicating the virus. It's only ostensibly designed to boost your immune system in a way of intelligence to basically stop what are called the symptoms. And the symptoms right. is what COVID is. SARS, the virus, yeah. is something <laughs> else. We could all be walking around with, with the virus and be asymptomatic uh, but that becomes a problem, as you stated. Now we are living with it, and now they can kind of determine, you know, whether or not conditions are are met by which we can function and work and do this, do that, do the other thing. It will roll out, and we will all be having that conversation. And right now, even people that are working are recognizing that if they don't submit to it, they'll lose their job. If they don't comply with the uh, mandate, they could be off work. They could be retired. They could be shut down. And if they certainly if they oppose it or challenge it and want to dialogue about it, they will be viewed as offenders. And this is exactly right. what the Word of God has said that will occur in the last days. They will be calling darkness light and light darkness and uh, the word of God says, right. go unto them for that. Listen, I got to take a hard break. Thanks for the question. I got to take a hard break. On the other side of my break, I will continue with Lynn. And we have three lines open, one 367 We'll be right back. <laughs> 